It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, yeah, Lennox Lewis. Lennox, I'm coming for you. Is it frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this I, in I seven or eight seconds? For this fight. I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend. And I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight. I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynch is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Lipton. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their floor. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ringside Fracker. I'm your host, Naeem, and today joined by regular Jide. Jide, how are you, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad to be back. Let's chop it up. Yeah, and we're joined by a special guest, Adam. Adam, how are you, bro? I'm not too bad. Thanks for asking. Hoping not to be special for too long because I'm going to make my appearances known in the forthcoming weeks. But yeah, yeah thank we'll you for glad well. And we'll be glad to have you every single week, brother. You're always welcome. And we've got you on this week because we've got a special fight week this week. We've got the trilogy fight between Canelo and Chupit. Oh, we've got a special guest here. Dapo, hey. You're muted, bro, by the way. Looking like one, bro. Fuck you, no. Hey, I, just, I just came to say there's a racist person on this panel. I'm not going to say any names. Someone on this panel is racist. That's all I can Is it the guy above you? Nah, it's the guy. It's the guy this way. It's that guy. It's that guy. Those who don't know yet, my name is. My, my second name is racist. The name is Adam I'm, Racist, isn't it? So. I've just come to warn you, like, what are you guys looking about? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but yeah. Um, we've got a special uh, fight week this week with Canelo Triple G, um, the trilogy fight, or hopefully the end of their saga, or a brilliant saga they've put on in the modern era um, for the undisputed super middleweight uh, title. And we've got also a brilliant undercard to get into. So let's 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 get into it. Canelo Triple G, the third fight, the trilogy, the first two fights, there were controversies behind the scorecards of it. We can't deny, though, 
they both put on brilliant fights in those two. I think those were two, like when those fights happened, they were contenders for fight of the years and they will go down in history. They'll be remembered as memorable fights. I want to get uh, just a quick survey between the three of you. How did you score the first fight? Jide, I'll come to you first. How did you score the first fight? GGG Wonder. I think I can't remember how I scored it. Maybe 7-5 or 8-4. But I had it um, GGG winning and winning quite comfortably, essentially. It wasn't controversial to me. Um, It's like to give Canelo the draw. (laughs) It's like you had to give any... Not even close. The rounds were... Some rounds were close, but... Where it's closest in, like maybe GGG landed the the last ten seconds, he put in more work, but he still gave Canelo the benefit of the doubt. Those are the sort of rounds where he was giving Canelo to make it a draw. It wasn't a draw. It, the only reason it was a draw is because Canelo lost. If Canelo won that fight, or if it was close, then it would, it would have been a Canelo win. So the first fight was was Triple G's all day. Adam, how do you feel the first one? Um, so I've watched that fight, yeah, from the first bell to the last five, six times. And every single time I've scored an 8-4. I think maybe the odd occasion, maybe 9-3, but it, it was 8-4 Triple G every single time. Um, the pressure he put on, the punches landed, etc. I don't see how anyone in their right frame of mind could have gave that fight to Canelo. But that, that's just personal opinion. That, that's the thing about boxing, it's opinions, isn't it? Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was... If you could call 8-4 a landslide victory, I thought it was a landslide victory. He won two-thirds of the fight. So um, that's that's my opinion on it. Dapo, your take on the first fight? Boy, the, the, the punch stats is not opinion. It's facts. It's he landed considerably more than Canelo. He had him on the back foot for a majority of the fight. And um, he applied smart pressure. I think the first fight was a... Out of both fights, the most clearest victory from both of them was the first one, for me. I think the first fight was a, a clear GGG win. More than... Who, if you think Canelo won the second fight, whatever, the first one was more... You know, it, it was more of a, 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 a clear win than the second fight. So that that that... that result actually really annoyed me the first one like i was actually really upset that they scored it a draw like out of all the robberies we've seen in boxing that's like one of the like top five mm-hmm. most annoying ones i've seen it was nah. proper jarring wilder's one was worse can't lie to you well wilder and fury yeah that was way worse that was bad but at least he knocked him down a few times you know what I mean? yeah you know what it is that the fact that he that wilder knocked fury down you could Put to the side a couple rounds, whatever. <laughs> just be like, oh, you knock me down in this round, I'll give you two other rounds. Just, just give him nah, two. It was, it was bad, it was bad, but the DDD one was annoying, man. Do you know what? Annoying. Especially for a, a, a fight of that magnitude as well. Like, I, I don't think people realize because. It's happened in our day and age, but 10 years down the line, GGG Canelo could be looked at as like Hearns Hagler, potentially. Like, it was a super mega fight. And for the... And the fact that the controversy even adds to it, because I feel like 90% of the boxing world agreed that GGG won that fight as well. So... Mm. um, I think it's more annoying as well, because at least Fury got his get back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Whereas you didn't get that get back, man. If we're being real, yeah. And <laughs> I, have a whole, 
I have a whole weird conspiracy theory where I feel like Canelo wanted to get caught out with those performance-enhancing drugs just to delay the fight a bit further. (laughs) 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 Because the the first fight was so one-sided and it's like he was continuously trying to age him out. And the second fight, boy, me as a GGG fan, I can't say it was a straight-out GGG victory. Like I had it as a draw personally, but I could fully well see why people had Canelo winning that fight. So, but the first fight, yeah, straight up robbery. Canelo did much better in the second fight than the first one. He did mm. way better. Yeah, opinion. yeah, and that's what I was going to go into. Is um, so yeah, the first fight I think most and even the boxing world agree that Triple G won, except for a certain person in our group chat called Samson who thinks somehow. Because of his under- no way, Samson I'm not gonna say names. I'm not gonna say names, but there's one, two other men in the group, yeah, that that I've mentioned before. They thought Canelo won as well. So, what I'll say, Samson's whole shtick is to be controversial. Number one, number two, <laughs> to run agendas that is anti whatever everyone who was Team AJ at one point in time. Was yeah, yeah. That's what Samson said. Listen, Samson didn't like Fury until he clocks that like Fury was is AJ's rival. They're like real right. Like AJ can never overcome Fury, so he loves Fury now. Like out of nowhere, Samson used to hate this guy. Now out of nowhere, Samson loves him. So Samson's Samson the guy in school where everyone's loving off an MC, and you'll be like, no, nah, that MC shit. Yeah, yeah I that's like MC. That's, that's, you know, no one heard of. That, that's his flow, isn't it? That's, that's Samson's vibe. But what I would say is, I used to call Canelo Canel Ho, as in H O E, because I felt, I mean, like, it was moving mad, like, like a little bitch, that like, it was ducking Triple G for years. The only reason that man did 150, was it 156 or some stupid Canelo weight? Remember that? Instead of going from 154, he said he couldn't make 154 anymore. Instead of going from 154 straight to 160, because he knew if he went to 160, he had to fight my man. Then man did 156 or 158 for like two years. Like, what the fuck was that? Doing everything in his power to duck the smoke and age out Triple G. That is what I was saying. If he fought Triple G first fight when Triple G was 33, 34-ish, he would have got smoked. He still lost the first fight, don't get me wrong. But it would have been worse. And then if they fought the second fight two years later, he's still relatively at the... At, not Obviously, he's at the end of his prime and his decline. But the decline wouldn't be as significant. Where the second fight could have been like the first fight, where he would have got his get back. But because they fought the first fight when Triple G was like thirty six, and then the second fight when it was more like thirty eight or whatever he was. Nah, fighting a thirty six year old is crazy, man. It's, bro, I'm just you know saying. What? Right now, my, my guy Bud is thirty six years old, isn't it? But I'm not gonna say too much. But, but yeah, so. So yeah, so so Canelo and Oscar played the GGG thing fantastically, and they still lost the first fight for me. So yeah, they still lost the first fight, and you see when that first fight happened, yeah, I genuinely believe GGG was already past his prime. I, I, I agree. His legs have started to go, and he just weren't as effective with his footwork because a lot of people undermine GGG's footwork um, before. He's not flamboyant with his footwork where he's in and out like Bivol, etc. But his foot placement and the way he applies pressure is very pivotal to his game. 
And I feel like that started to slow down already before the first Canelo fight. So only God knows how the first fight would have went if it was a couple of years before without the, the Canelo ducking. And I agree, Canelo has been ducking for a good couple of years before that. And then after the first fight, he ducked a few more times and he got caught with whatever on purpose. I'm telling you guys from now. <laughs> it is what it is, man. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. So I think we're mostly in agreement as well about the second fight, as we mentioned, that it was a closer fight, could have gone either way. Canelo did fight better. You know, he, there was, um, what was it? Abel Sanchez went at him for running. And then in the in this first half of the second fight, he actually held the front foot and put Triple G on the back foot. So it was a much well, better fight. I, I feel like once you've tasted someone's power, you're a bit more confident. Because remember, before the first fight, Triple G was, was being marketed as the hardest punching middleweight that's ever existed. He had a KO record in line with the heavyweights. Like, it was on, what, was it like 94? He had a KO streak of, like, 15 straight fights. The aura around GGG was so big that Canelo was very wary. So, I think what changed that made Canelo confident in the second fight was the last round of the first fight. If you notice, GGG clocked Canelo hard with a right hand. And Canelo rode it so, like, he ate it. Obviously, he didn't eat it clean. If you eat anything clean from GG, you're getting down. But it landed nice, but he rode I remember that. that shot. That's that shot everyone um, plays on YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's like, something yeah, yeah. we take away from GGG, and that's what gave him confidence. His ability to ride punches and move away from the punch was what gave him confidence more than anything. Because, yeah. like, he, he felt that punch. He lands clean, it's lights out. But... That's one thing I, I rate very highly with Canelo uh, defensively. He he takes punches and the way he rolls with the punches, he's able to take out so much out of them. So you, you're right in that sense. And you come in a lot more confident the second fight. That's, that's how he survived that Bivol fight. It's, it's the same thing that happened in the, Fury, in the Fury Wilder fight, in the first fight. It was all in the last round. As I said, Canelo ate that punch and clocked. All right, this guy punches hard, but he doesn't punch that hard that I need to be scared of him and not come forward, which is why in the second fight he stood his ground. And when he yeah. stood his ground, he has he knows he's faster than Triple G, he's more explosive than Triple G. Judges are gonna be more um more impressed with his work because Triple G's got power, but he's more methodical. He breaks you down, he's like he's coming to you as a structure. While Canelo's flashy, I can't lie to you, it's a, it's a game. We like flash, humans, we love flash. So it's the same way as when Sugar Ray fought. Marvin Hagler, if you watch that fight, to me, Sugar Ray lost that fight. Fact. Uh, like, historian. Historian Jim. Watch, <laughs> watch that fight. Like, I used to be like, oh, Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray won. But if you watch that fight, he, Marvin Hagler actually won that. But what made Sugar Ray win those rounds is, bro, throw a flashy flurry while he's getting flogged in the corner. Marvin Hagler is breaking my man down, but bro, just go take a deep breath. He will miss 99% of those shots. But it looks flashy to the eye. It will yeah. land the last two and move out. That is what Canelo... Obviously, I'm not saying Canelo was missing his shots like that. But when Canelo was tired, he's taking a break. GGG's throwing his jabs, trying to break him down. Then he just comes out of nowhere, throws an explosive four-punch combo. Bro, that's going to look better. And that's what... 100%. Like. And, and that's a contrast of styles as well. Because, um, like you said, GGG looks to methodically break you down. And it's like... Not every jab has to land, but every punch that lands on the gloves is kind of taken away from your resistance bit by bit until yeah. the and that's the whole point of GGG style. Like it's just that pressure in it. So 
stylistically, Canelo is always going to look better. And he, even the first fight, like while while watching it, the way Canelo was coming forward to to the normal eye, you would think Canelo won won that fight. Hundred percent, I can't I can't deny it. So, which is why I've never argued people saying Canelo won that fight. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's, yeah, that's perfect. Um, so since the in between, since those two fights, in between both fighters have had a, an exciting time in between. We'll we'll go through a bit. I'll just I'll go through what Canelo's done in between. So since the second Can, uh, Golovkin fight, Canelo's become undisputed at um, super middleweight. He's won the WBO light heavyweight title, and then he challenged for the WBA super light heavyweight title. He's fought six champions, beaten five of them, and lost one fight. With Golovkin. Since the um, <clears throat> the second Canelo fight, he's fought, uh, he's unified again. So he's won two, uh, the IBF and the WBA. Super, so he's beaten two champions. He's knocked out one of them, and uh, and he's went to a decision, and arguably um, a very tough decision against Derevchenko. So they both had, they both still fought at the top level. Of course, Canelo has been fighting at a much much higher level than Triple G since their second fight. What are your thoughts now coming into this third fight, given what you've seen in between the second and the third fight? So, Adam, our Eastern European expert on boxing, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, Sam's is going to absolutely kill me for this, but I don't think this fight is as straightforward as people seem. People seem to think because um, whereas Canelo has gone through what a unified uh 168 uh dare to be great at 175 etc i feel like his style has regressed and himself as a boxer has regressed whereas before he was setting up punches etc because the caliber of fighters it's like they were all already intimidated by him before they went into the ring all he had to do was just spam <laughs> haymakers and hard shots and even if they aren't landing, because the guys weren't good enough with their footwork to move out of range, it's landing on their arms and so forth, uh, where the defence, like, everything takes a top. So I feel like he's regressed because he's had to... He ain't had to break down a guy stylistically in that sense. He's just had to just come forward, keep ploughing haymakers. He knows the guys ain't going to hurt him, and he's got uncomfortable. Um, whereas with GGG, of course, people are going to look at his last fight against, um, what's his name? Sorry, Nakata. I, I completely forgot his name. Murata. <laughs> Murata, that's it. Murata Nakata. Tomato, tomato. Ew. Uh, <laughs> that is mad race. What did I say No, I'm living up to the name. I'm living up to the name. I'm living up to the name. Now, Murata, apologies. I, I feel like Murata is, like you said, the, the division's Joe Joyce. The guy is so hard to break down, yeah. And whereas GGG looked kind of rusty in the first few rounds, 
and we're not sure where whether it's due to ring rust or age. The pressure he was applying later on in the fight was ridiculous. Like he could have, you could have put any contender at one sixty, and if GGG put that performance, he would have put him down regardless. I, I don't care who. I, I think even Charlo, etc. Um, and people are looking past that because Murata is a very hard guy to break down. And whereas I feel like GGG has most likely aged a bit, I feel like the power hasn't left him. He still has that thing about him where he's able to apply pressure and cut off corners. And I'm not sure Canelo has the same defensive now that he had beforehand when he fought him previously. Because... Canelo was always the aggressor with the, the fights beforehand while unifying. He was able to go forward without any concern in the back of his head. This fight is completely different. He's not going to be able to go forward in that sense, I don't think, unless he tries to do the same thing as um, the second fight. But the, the fact that it's at 168, I think it's going to favour to Golovkin a lot more than Canelo because Canelo, he fought at 175 twice, essentially might have to cut weight a bit. GGG doesn't really have to cut much weight at all going up to 168. And I feel like his power is going to carry a lot further at that weight division. And I feel like it's going to give Canelo um, something to think about. So um, how that how that fight goes, I think it's going to go to a decision because I don't think uh, GGG is going to be able to drop Canelo. I think it's a point where... It's going to be very 50-50. Some people could think GGG won. Some people can think Canelo won. But with the politics and so forth and everything involved, I think Canelo is going to get the decision. That's how I see the, the fight going on. That's a very good prediction. Um, Jide, your prediction, your thoughts going into this fight? So, <clears throat> I know how you try to like um, sweeten up GGG's run post-Canelo too, but bro, he's been trash, man. Let's just call it what it is. Been ass, been ass. That shit been ass. My American accent. You know what I'm saying? She been ass talking, talking like 78 Sports TV. That shit been ass. But um, yeah, he's gonna get his ass whooped, man. He's gonna be UD. I hear what Adam's saying in terms of um, Triple G. You know, he's not having to cut weight. He's he, as an amateur, he essentially was fighting as a super middleweight, anyways. If you see the mid middleweight limit in amateurs, it's like what 164, 160, whatever it is, it's above 160 comfortably. So he's not gonna have an issue with the weight. But I also feel like although Canelo has fought twice at 175, he, we've seen his best work at 168. We're also ignoring the fact that he's become a much better front foot counter puncher and a pressure fighter as the years has gone by since GGD2. Like the guy applies so much pressure without throwing a punch you throw a punch is countering you and a slower ggg i'm not i know he's never relied on speed i know but bro he's still 40 years old bro like wear and tear is still wear and tear like he, he can easily throw a lazy jab and that could just be a situation where his brain's just been fighting for so long it's just uh just throws a, a lazy ass jab and you do that against this version of canelo it will hurt you where I will give GGG some avenue is when you've lost a fight, you're a wounded animal. Like the the aura of invincibility is gone from Canelo. Like he's he's probably his confidence isn't as high as it was pre 
Bivol. Again, I don't know why he decided to take that fight. That's crazy, but whatever. It's because he's he's trying to be great. So I always respect Canelo for that. However, the air of invincibility is gone. He knows, although although he wasn't stopped or dropped or anything like that, he knows that he can lose a decision now. It's possible. So he's probably going to go into this fight with a bit more pressure and weight on his shoulders than before. But where, again, it can work against GGG where it can be like a wounded animal and say, listen, I'm here to kill someone. Like, I'm, I'm here to get my lick back. I'm going to come for Bivo after, but I need to flog this guy because he's been chatting shit. could be that situation. Either way, I see him sticking on GGG. GGG will have some success, but Canelo is not going to move back too much. And when he does move back, he still has the, the, the skill and the shoulder roll and all that sweet stuff to, to roll a lot of GGG shots. But I also know GGG doesn't have the punch, the resistance he used to have. So don't be surprised if, if he drops Triple G in this fight. I still don't feel like there's going to be a stoppage. Maybe. I, I don't see it. But if he drops Triple G, do not be surprised. Divrinchenko hurt my boy to the body bad. And you know Canelo see that. I know Canelo's looking at him like food, bro. So, hey, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Well, it's going to be a comfy UD, seven rounds to five, eight rounds to four. Canelo, man, 100%. Very good prediction. Dapo, do you disagree with that? He has um, I think, Canelo, I think um, Canelo wins, but I don't think it's going to be comfy at all. Um, I, I'm more siding with Adam, to be honest. Um, only because, like, in terms of, like, the, the aura of invincibility and stuff, I don't think that matters too much because GG never been shook up Canelo. It doesn't matter. I see it playing out more like the second fight. I think it's just going to be a second fight again, to be honest. I think it's going to be part three of that. I don't think um, GG goes down or anything like that. I think it's just going to, we're just going to see a slower GGG this time that probably won't do as well as he did the second fight. And Canelo will be a bit better than the second one and then he will win. But I don't see it as like super comfy. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, I agree. That whole sentiment about because um, a lot of um, the boxing community thinks that uh, Canelo will probably stop Triple G. I, I haven't seen anything in Triple G's recent fights for me to think that he'd get stopped. Losing, yeah, the Derevinchenko fight, the first two rounds of the Murata fight. I mean, he did look vulnerable in that. It was very competitive in the first four rounds. Um, but the one thing I've noticed is that rounds five to nine was vintage Triple G in, Murata, in that Murata fight. It was like it was like we saw Triple G when he was 34. And recently in the press conferences, I've been seeing his hairline receding and there's bit and it's becoming thinner. Oh my you can only, you can only it only means one thing. That guy hey, is say an Oscar right now are going crazy. They're both <laughs> eating the Mexican meat. Say nothing. Yeah, he is taking something. He's got something ready for Canelo. I, I hope mm. I, I I know my prediction is it's probably gonna be a Canelo decision. He's gonna if if it if it goes the way it probably should go, is that Canelo is just gonna out, be able to outwork him, keep the output higher, um, again hit to the body so that in the later rounds, because Triple G is better than Canelo in the later rounds, that's where he's going to take over more. 
But I'm praying for a uh, Pacquiao Marquez four type knockout. Just we don't see it, boom, and Canelo's out on the canvas. Triple G yeah. walks off into the, into the sunset with all the belts. Nah, I don't see. I can pray for that. I, I can only but, pray. For that. I mean, even Marquez said that was the perfect punch. Like you couldn't land a better punch in boxing history than that punch. So if Triple G can do it, hey, that would be so huge. It would probably break the internet. If he My thing him. is though, if Canelo's chopping bivol punches, what's Triple G punch is going to be to him? But you need to also look yeah. at because you're like heavyweight don't mean you punch as hard as a, yeah. as a triple G. Triple G probably hits as hard as a uh, a light heavyweight. Gassiev even said he hits harder than a lot of heavyweights he's fa he's faced when they were both big bear. So I, I think Triple G's power is phenomenal. I'm not yeah. sure how much of that has stayed. But Trump, power is the last thing to go. He's not, he's never going to lose power and. Canelo would be wary of that power, but resistance, that shit goes. It goes with age. Resistance goes, yeah. Um, guy is then, like you, you brought up the fact that um, the Revenue Nachenko hurt him to the body a lot. And me personally, I, I think GGG lost that fight and they only gave him the win because of the politics and to keep the, the, the second fight for Canelo GGG going on. But even though he's been hurt to the body, it's like, number one, who the hell likes being hit to the body? I don't think there's anyone that could take a good body shot anyway. <laughs> like, it hurts everyone. Number two, we've seen him hurt, but we've never seen him dropped yet. So do we think Canelo is really going to drop GGG? I don't know. Even I, I might, personally don't see it. It might slow him down, but I still can't see Triple G being dropped in that sense by Canelo. If anyone's going to drop it, it will be Canelo. Fair point. Fair point. Wow. So the, the issue that I have with this trilogy is that probably, Cane we, we, like we all agree, we probably agree that Canelo probably wins this, is that when history looks back at this trilogy, it's not going to look at... Um, that's why I'm angry. That's why I'm annoyed. Yeah, it's very that's annoying. Because and this fight, we, we'll probably, we probably have the best version of Canelo going against the worst version of Triple G. That's what's annoying. Yeah. That's no, not even that. Saying. It's because it, it, it's the it's the win record, plain and simple. It's like the, the first one was a draw, really and truly. If it was two one Canelo, and people were like, "Yeah, but Triple G was aging, etc." It would look a bit better. But people in the future are going to be seeing a draw and then two Canelo. Like GGG never won at all. Yeah, That's not a picture yeah. at all. <laughs> like GGG, like there won't be a fight. I don't think this trilogy fight will be as one-sided as that first fight. The first one, I agree. I, I, I don't I think agree. so. I agree. I, I, unless Canelo, unless Canelo does a madness, it's on Saturday, right? Unless he does a matting on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. this Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's been very promote, uh, very poorly promoted, by the way. But yeah, trash. Yeah. So awful. I think they're just it's on the names. It's on the zone, right? Yeah. Um, is it PPV? Yes, yeah, PPV. Yeah, it's for paying UK. ten pounds. We have to pay what, it's in the UK. What, for pay. UK as well. Yep. Yeah, we have to pay ten pounds to watch, man. That's calm. Oh, I'll cash that. No, no, yeah. Um, the one thing I was gonna say, um, yeah, like like I said, uh, history is not gonna look fondly on it. And also, what gets washed over completely, and Adam brought it up, is the Clem. The fact that in between the two fights, Canelo got caught out on Clem Bridgewater, and that while the boxing community does talk about it here and there. 
the media in general, the mainstream media, never seem to bring it up. And with top fighters, Tyson Fury and his Nana Jalone, um, they 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 re they rarely bring it up. It's something that should be brought up that in that trilogy he took something, regardless of whether it was from the meat or whatever, he still took it. And that is a pause. <laughs> You're so childish, man. Fuck you know, grow up. <laughs> and and that's gonna be marred over. And and unfortunately for Triple G, he's always um going to be on the uh, worst end of this trilogy. Hearn used to bring up a lot. Now look at Ernie. He ain't bringing up anything about Clem. That's his business partner, his D&G Dolce & Gabbana twin. He ain't, he ain't doing nothing. <laughs> then Canelo said, you want to promote Eddie? Then silence. Yeah, he's, he's not bringing I, up anything, nothing. The way, the way Eddie Hearn bred Canelo was crazy, fam. I don't know. I can't lie, dude. Canelo's the one that's putting food on his plate right now because it's showing yeah. him the way things are. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I still find it mad that he turned up with the same Dolce and Gabbana stuff. That's crazy. Them man was doing twins. Couples, they were doing twins. So weird. He's in that AJ. If AJ, AJ and Canelo are basically 50% of his revenue or 60% of matching revenue, you're going to bread them, fam. You're <laughs> going to do what it takes. Plain, plain and simple. You, you just have to make bed at night. No, where I, I, hear it, I hear it. I hear it. I hear That's it. Game, all of it. Because yeah. if one of them goes and fifty percent of your revenue goes, uh, bruv. And you heard end up looking at like Tyson Fury very soon. Believe me. <laughs> Last question on this: If Triple G wins and becomes undisputed, what does that do for his legacy? Does great things, great for his legacy, man. It just it puts a, it makes it like it writes the wrong of the first fight, number one, and it makes his middleweight career, although he didn't do it at middleweight, it makes it, it validates it because Canelo is the fight of this era. No matter what anyone wants to say about him, no matter what that jazz, he is the number one guy of this era. He's fought the best competition. He's beaten most people. He's fought the top. Like he's fought almost everyone. So you beat one guy of your generation and you, you right or wrong is going to put you up there in terms of, although, again, it will happen at super middleweight, it's going to be looked at as a middleweight victory in a sense, if you get what I mean. So yeah. I, I, I believe do. it. I believe it invalidates both fights, us. the results of both fights. What? Like the first. I feel like if GG wins... Obviously, if you win the if you win the rubber match in the last, that's the last match. It's like Marquez, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pacquiao. It was the last match, although you lost three of them or whatever it was. Yeah, two of them. Yeah. Winning the last fight is always going to be the most significant win, but it definitely writes the first one more, in my opinion. And like I said, like he needs he needs this because it makes him. Because I remember they were comparing him to all-time greats like Carlo Monzon, Hagla, all great middleweights. And I feel like he's, he should be seen like that, but he just never had the marquee win to be seen in that light. So him beating Canelo, he has that win now. So it doesn't... Right if he gets that win, it puts him right up there. Yeah. So, But it's a thing you said, he ain't had that highlight win. But it's a thing where is it because of the era he's in? Is it because he was avoided for such Bro, a long time? I don't. He was he was avoided, so he should have fought Martinez. He should have got that Martinez scalp. He should have beat Martinez. But again, that's his fault. 
he stepped aside for Martinez and Cotto to fight, believing he was going to get the winner. If I was him, I would have said, no, fight me. Should have got the Martinez win. So he fucked up with that. Secondly, he also ducked. Yes, Canelo ducked him. Yes, people ducked, but he also ducked. He didn't want no smoke with um, um, Andre. That's definitely, they were on the same side of the street. He wanted no smokes with him. And the reason he don't want no smoke with him is a hard Wait, fight. Andre or Andre? As in Andre, Andre Ward? Andre, not Andre Ward. Andre, okay, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't put the Andre Ward thing on him because he's a bigger guy. Although he did say he can fight anyone at 168 or whatever. At the same time, he's a bigger guy than him. Like, he doesn't have to fight Andre Ward. Andre yeah. Ward is going to be of a cat. Like, he was begging for a payday as well. So, whatever. So, he, the Andre Ward thing. Uh, but Dimitris Andre, he should have fought him because my guy was on the same side of the street, was calling you out constantly. You pretended it didn't exist. At the same time, you had people like Charlo ducking him. So, yes. I, I, and I'm not here to say Andre would have been a marquee win, but it would have been a great win. It would have unified the division. It would have had two belts. And then it could have put maybe a bit more pressure on Charlo. I don't know. But yeah, he, he never really had the, the marquee win on his belt. Like Carl Froch. Froch didn't want to fight him. Like, Fro although Froch was out here talking shit on him, saying I could knock him out in the middleweight. When my man was like, yo, let's make the fight happen. Froch retired. So he just never, he never got to fight the big names apart from Kelelo. And he lost that. So he need like if he beats Canelo, it just writes so many wrongs in his career. Yeah, nah, big facts, big facts. He needs to flog him. This is his last chance. So also the Saunders and Eubank, um, they both ducked him. So I mean Eubank had yeah. the pen and lost the you pen. Had, yeah, you had Eubank duck him, Saunders. Um, I, I don't care what anyone says, like I've seen interviews where Charlo was not yeah. on the fight whatsoever. Charlo is the worst man will tell you different. But they were not on that fight because they were talking about uh, Triple G like he's otherworldly. So it is what it is, isn't it? Um, the Andre fight, in terms of him ducking that, I don't know why he would duck it as well because I feel like stylistically he would be in that fight. He would. It's, it's, it's a hard fight and it's, it's not financially rewarding. Remember, it's not financially guys, rewarding. That's, that's it, plain what, and simple. Andre has never been that type of name. Yeah, but still, if, if you claim you like everything, it should be a setup. It's a hard fight, even though you could have GGG winning that. It's a hard fight. It's a fight you could lose. Everything's a setup, though. So my thing was take the Andre fight, pressure Eddie Hearn to pay you above the odds, and tell Andre, "Yo, Andre, I can't lie. I'm, I'm, I'm only have to pay you two mil and pay Triple G seven mil for this, but make this fight because both needed. They both needed each other. No, make it happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Do you know what I mean? Make it happen. And if uh, you and Andre's career is so jarring, man. All of all, listen, the middleweight division we've had the, like middleweight, we, we haven't had a good middleweight era since Hopkins, um, mm. and then man, and Martin, um, man, I'm saying Martinez, fucking, not even Martinez, what's his name, Felix <laughs> Trinidad, and then man, that's the, the last time, and um, Taylor, Jermaine, Jermaine Taylor, and that, that that era of middleweights was great, and we haven't had that since now. Not now, but since we had Triple G, Andre, Charlo, Canelo. They should have replicated them, man, but they didn't. The politics. Didn't. Besides the Triple G Charlo fight, not Charlo, Triple G Canelo fight. Yeah. So, so we've had a very underwhelming middleweight era. 
And it's not, I'm not going to blame Andre. I'm blaming all of them. Main blame goes to PBC. 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yes. it's, all, it's all their fault. They all ducked each other. Canelo ducked. Triple G ducked. Andre recently has ducked. Charlo been ducking. So, what can you do? Yeah. All right. So, last question. What, on what this. a travesty. <laughs> last, last question on this then we'll move on to the undercard um canelo win lose or draw what fight would you what fight would you most like to see from him next and the moves he makes next um dapo i'll come to you first another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fight one of the other middleweight guys, man. One of the other top guys that he has in form. Pichalo, one of them guys. Uh, super middleweight. Yeah. Okay. Jay, where would uh, where does Canelo? Yeah, um, cross over the street, man. I know he wants to fight Bivol, but that's just it's not gonna win. At least allow that, man. It's not gonna win that. But if he fights Bivol again, I'm the one guy in the group that's always like dare to be great. These guys, Leroy and them, man, were like, oh no, never let Canelo fight like heavyweights. You know how small he is. Da, da, da. I'm like, bro, if you want to be compared. To Sugar Ray Robinson and them, man. This is why for me, Floyd is not the greatest of all time. I don't care what anyone says. He's a great, he's up there. You can call him top five, you can call him top ten. He's not the greatest of all time. No way, Jose. If you want to become the greatest of all time, you have to do what others have done and surpass it. Sugar Ray Robinson went up to light heavyweight and lost. No one takes that. I don't put a lot of people don't put that against him. However, he went up there and tried to be great. And he was winning that fight. It was flogging Maxim, but heat stroke got him. So that is how you got to be great, bro. So Canelo started off as a as a light middleweight, one made his name as a middleweight, became great as a super middleweight, and he tried to he dared to be great as a light heavyweight. If my man beat Bivo, let's say now he's a two, he's got two other belts um, at, at light heavyweight. He's a two-way champion, yeah. Baterbiev flogs Joe Smith like he did. Imagine we had Canelo fighting Baterbiev for undisputed at light heavyweight. And imagine he became undisputed at light heavyweight. He definitely has a greater legacy than someone like Floyd for me. And I'm a Floyd fan, like, big Floyd fan. But I'm sorry, bro. Undisputed at um, super midway, undisputed at light heavyweight. Surpasses everything you've done, fam. That is how you dare to be great. You catapult yourself into the top 10. And Canelo dared to be great. So that is why, for me, if he goes back and fights Bivo, which is what he claims he wants to do, I respect it. I don't think he wins. I think he loses. And he might lose even worse this time because Bivo now, he knows your, like, what how you tick. He knows your moves. He knows all that. So he might even try to stop him this time. But I don't think he'll stop him, but he might try. He might lose even worse. But again, bro, he's daring to be great. And I can't knock it. But I would rather him fight a Charlo fight Benavidez and them man there just shut them up so 
Yeah, I've been kind of fight against a one-sided team. Can't lie. Yeah, um, I, I agree totally with Jude in that I, I think he should stay at one six eight um, and fight up, fight the newcomers in Benavides and Charlo. Um, I think he takes that Bivol fight ten, 10 times out of ten he loses. I can't see him winning once. Just stylistically, and I said this from way back. Stylistically, it's a nightmare. He's not going to catch him, etc. And do you know what's funny? Even if he beat Bivol, I hear what you're saying, Jude, in him daring to be great, and it's one seven five, etc. But I still wouldn't give him full credit because in my head, I, I still feel like Bivol is a one six eight guy fighting at one seven five. I don't feel like he's a pure 175 light heavyweight. I feel like he's just found himself in that division and he's just continued to stay there. And the way he goes on about coming down and beating him at that weight division too, yeah, it, it gives me full confidence in knowing that I'm right in that sense. I think if he has to, if he dares to be great, he has to try to take on a Beterbiev. Uh, of course, if he, if he beats Bivol, then he has to. But, then it has to be, but that's the thing. I don't. I, I think Bivol right now, even though he ain't ever fought in the division, I think he's the best one sixty eight fighter there is because I see him as a small, uh, as a super middleweight. Yeah, he like he's he said it throughout his times in his career. He he could always make that weight. He just chooses to fight at one seven five. We'll, we'll, we'll see player. how true that is because Canelo wants him to fight one sixty eight. We will see how true. That is, I don't think it was. I think he beats him at 168. I don't think there's going to be any weight drain, nothing at all. I, I genuinely like for you, if you're walking into the how, what weight does Bivol walk into the ring? I guarantee you, Canelo walks into the ring at a higher walking weight than Bivol, you know. Maybe he's a lot stockier, so I, he, I don't Bivol looks smaller than the other, like, 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 heavies, like. Bro, like, he looks smaller. He's registered that six foot. I think he's more five eleven. So you got people in the division below way taller than him, and in stature, I don't think he's that big either. So I think he could make an account for one six eight. He's a very small light heavyweight. But um, going off the point, <laughs> we've gone completely off tangent. I, I think for Canelo, I don't think he beats Bivol. He's not going to beat Beterbiev. For him to go and fight up there again is for him is him daring to be great, great, and I totally respect it because I feel like that's what you have to do. But I feel like at this point in time, you have very tough fights in Charlo and uh, Benavides take them fights, and, and they're fights which potentially um, generate a lot more buzz as well with the American crowd and so forth. I, I reckon they'll do a lot more um, in terms of PPV than. Than your uh, bivol. If, if if he does yeah. take those fights and comes through them and wins, what what where does that place him as like all time great middleweights? He has to be up there. He, he he definitely has to be up there for him to go up to light heavyweight, come back down, and then beat the remaining contenders. Like mm. plain and simple. And and wait, how many weight divisions has he fought? If I'm correct, it's five, right? So light middleweight, middleweight. Super middleweight, light heavyweight, so it's four. Four. The, the champion in four, but I think actually, he... Actually, yeah, he fought in five. In four. Champion in four, four in five. Four in five, oh, exactly. Well, well. You, ha you have to give him a shout. Yeah. Fam, he's already... Yeah, I was thinking he fought, he fought in well away, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, to me, he's already one of the greatest middleweights, bro. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, he's same. One of the greatest middleweights, one of the greatest super middleweights for me already. But if he if he beats um Triple G again and unifies or whatever, although it's not really unification, is my man's coming to challenge him. But anyway, he beats Triple G again, fights Benavides, fights Charlo, beats them two, slaps them up, get them out of the way, beats Bivol somehow. Bro, we're talking about this guy is pushing to be goat status, fam. I can't even yeah, lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just to answer, no, I don't Adam's see that <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. That's, that's why it's, it's not happening. That's what I'm saying. It's like daring to be great, bro. Like, yeah, I don't expect you to do this. Shock me. I do not expect you to win, bro. Yeah, exactly that. Mm. Just to answer Adam's question, uh, Bivol weighs in around 183 on fight night. See what I mean? Like, I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure Can- Canelo weighs like 190 plus. So, Probably, yeah, yeah. So, as, as, a, as a guy walking around at 183, I, I think he can make 168 very easily. Probably, yeah, yeah. He should do. Should be able to. Um, I mean, that was brilliant. I mean, we've almost spent an hour just talking about Canelo Triple G3, and that's how big of big this fight is, and the magnitude and the size of this fight. I, I, I do think we're probably going to get a fight of the year contender despite um the re- the regression in both fighters in my opinion um but it's still gonna be high level still be one of the best fights we're gonna see thrilling fight from rounds one to 12 and i, I absolutely can't wait for that and it's got actually it's got an amazing under- undercard so on the undercard we've got uh ali ahmedov fighting gabriel rosado and gabe rosado always delivers a war like he, like non like wh- whoever he be a sick fight. Fight. Yeah, yeah very good yeah. be a sick fight very good Brilliant. fight then we've got uh, Austin Williams versus Kieran Conway. Kieran Conway, um, I remember him because he, I forgot who he fought last, but he had a He fought that, fight. that French brother, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but he lost that fight, didn't he? He fought Sissoko, he lost to. Sissoko, um, that's it, yeah. Okay, but he yeah. dropped Sissoko and then he fought JJ Metcalf and beat him. And he's building himself yeah. back up. And Austin Williams has been someone that um, Eddie Hearn's been talking about a lot um, as this prospect that he's trying to bring up in the um, uh, middleweight division. So we'll see what uh, that should be a good fight. And the fight that I wanted to go into, or the fighter that I wanted to talk about, is Jesse Bam Rodriguez fighting Israel Gonzalez for the WBC Super Flyweight title. If oh, Depp was gone. If, if you don't know about Jesse Rodriguez, he's 22. He's already the WBC Super Flyweight title. This is his third fight um, of the uh, year, and he's had two brilliant fights against fighters that not many people expected him to look the way he looked. He looked like a master boxer when he fought Carlos Quadras in February and then in July against um, Sussaket saw Ringvisai. And Ringvisai is a legend at super flyweight. And the way um, Jesse completely dominated him to get the knockdown is, I mean, I mean, from a 22-year-old uh, to knock him out is just amazing. I mean, I'm completely sold in this guy. 22, I think he's going to become a future pound-for-pound pound, um, top three at least, or maybe top five fighter he's going to dominate flyweight super flyweight and maybe even um uh what's after flyweight bantamweight so he, he's he's one to watch out for if, you, if you're watching um on saturday he's 20 he's my he's my age he's 22 so like he's very young and he's got a lot of years in the sport i mean i brought this up to jida i think in january when i was talking to on, on the pod once about um jesse rodriguez and in the space of a few months, he's become so far, so far where even the, the most of the boxing community is now sold on him, and everyone's eager to uh, watch his career. 
Adam, have you catched anything of Jesse Rodriguez and what do you think about the fight in general? I've seen his last two fights and I feel like the best way to sum him up is any casual boxing fan that kind of wants to look into boxing a bit more uh, to, to watch Bam Rodriguez a bit more because he, he, he's so exciting and to have that power at that weight as well, yeah, is it, something different. And he's something that he's someone that purists enjoy, but I feel like the casuals can enjoy as well because he brings fire to every single fight. So um, obviously, I think he's going to win on uh, on the night, but a very exciting fighter to, to keep your tabs on, and especially at 22 years old. Jide, your thoughts on Jesse Rodriguez? Great fighter, man. I'm a big, big fan. As you said, I feel like he's the future of the division. Um, I see him winning that fight this weekend, probably late stoppage. Um, what I really like about him is how technical he is um, at such a young age, at 22. What I will say is at those little ages, ages, little weights, 22 is not young. Like, them man live fast, die young. So by 30, a lot of them are done. They normally peak around 25 and they have like a 26, 27, 28, then start declining because they're so small and fast metabolism and all that jazz. But I will say is that he, he impresses me a lot and I see him doing a lot of damage in those divisions. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super sold on, on Bam and I do want him to fight Chocolatito next. I, I hope. What I want Chocolatito to get is revenge against Estrada, like right that wrong because that was wrong. He got robbed in that fight. Writes the wrong against Estrada and then man mix it and then Bam Rodriguez beats Chocolatito to usher in the new era and then boom, that's what I hope happens. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Rugo, ah. Muted. Hopefully, Bam fights Chocolatito next, and God willing, Triple G goes to sleep tired of this mid ass rivalry. Big up. <laughs> don't know how you call it a mid ass rivalry. I'll get on to Chocolatito, nice. but you're right. The whole ushering the new era, like. But I hope by next year we get to see um, Chocolate Tijo fight uh, Jesse Rodriguez, and I think it would be a brilliant fight. And for Jesse, uh, Chocolate is um, a fighter that um, I think many boxing purists will tell their grandkids about. He's like he's just action packed, a master boxer on the inside, beats up almost everyone, and um, he's won so many divisions. It's like if if you ask a boxing historian Jide about Alexis Argulo. These new modern um, boxing history, uh, boxing um, purists, they'll talk about uh, Chocolatito the same way people were talking about Alexis Argulo. So, to, and to fight him and beat him and usher in that new era, like you said, would be you know huge. And I think it would do wonders for his uh, stock. The issue that he'll have is, is because you're at a lighter weight, it's harder to sell the fights because the weights aren't really known. But trust me, those fights are insane. I mean, Estrada Chocolatito put on twice fight of the year those fights they're always punching like a thousand punches um 
the output is crazy. Like it, it, yes. it's unimaginable. Yeah. Like, it's mad. But the issue is, it's it hasn't been a selling point for um, the light, the lightweights for um, boxing as a business. So that's the issue that you have when it comes to these fighters. We have brilliant fighters, but they're not relatively known. Um, so that's the issue that Bam will face throughout his whole career, is that he's got to probably. I think he'll move down next because I think he he's, he can still make flyweight easily, and hopefully he fights um, Sonny Edwards because they were talking about that fight. I think that fight would be brilliant if he took on Sonny Edwards and beats. I think he can beat Sonny Edwards. Flogs him, can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flogs him, I think personally, but it, it, that would be a good fight in itself. I, I think the Bam Rodriguez and um, Chocolatito fight would almost resemble um, <coughs> uh, Donaire versus Inoue for me in a sense where it's like the passing of the torch almost. So I think that would be a really, really good fight for the, for the purists. The flogging bad would give Sonny sensational. <laughs> yeah. At least my opinion <laughs> by itself. Would shut Ratfink up forever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Ruger says, I think it's overhyped. Great rivalries is Pac versus Marquinez, Bo versus Holyfield, um, Tony versus McCallum. Well, I mean, I don't think the Canelo Triple G is over, over, overrated because they put on brilliant fights and they put on fight of the year contenders. So I don't know if you can call it overrated. And it was the biggest fight at the time. So, yeah. and if we want to be picky about it, you could say it's one apiece. So it's very even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Sonny going to lose against Alvarado. Yes, yeah, so, uh, Sonny um, Edwards got um, ordered to fight Felix Alvarado, so that's going to be a tough fight for him to come through next because he was meant to fight, you know, the Julio Cesar Martinez, the guy that beat up his other brother, um, Charlie um, Edwards. When's that, that fight? fight um, when's that, that fight? It's not happening. So it's, this fight's being ordered. I don't know when they're going to do it. They're going to sort that oh. out now, the business and everything. Mm. But yeah, I mean, that, keep an eye on those uh, super flyweights. There's, we've also got Chocolate Dido Estrada in December announced on the zone. So keep an eye on that and then keep an eye on BAM as well this weekend. So lots to look forward to in those divisions. Last thing, and I think this is something we should address, happened recently in this week. Connor Ben and uh, Chris Eubank Jr., the drama that's been unfolding. So if you don't know what's happened, I'll keep you up. I'll, I'll just bring everything up to speed. So Connor Ben, Eubank Jr., they agreed to a catchweight fight. I think it was 157. For Eubank Jr., he has to cut three more pounds than he normally does at middleweight and for Conor Ben, well, he doesn't get to cut. Um, what happened recently, at a media call with both Conor, um, Conor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. and their fathers, Chris Eubank Sr. said he's going to pull out, um, that he's pulled Chris Eubank Jr. out because he's fearful about the weight. And obviously, unfortunately, he lost his uh, other son, Harlem. I think it was Harlem Eubank, um, a long time ago. Was it Harlem or Seb? Seb. Seb, Seb. Seb, sorry, yeah, Seb. Seb. Sebastian Eubanks. And so he said, I don't want to lose another son. Um, recently, Cal Sunderland, which is Eubank Jr.'s uh, promoter, said, no, the fight's still on. Nothing's happened yet. That's just talk. What are your takes on this drama about um, the the weight? And also how Eubank Jr. is sort of taking this fight? Because I've seen pictures and videos of him eating KFC buckets, going to restaurants and eating, and not really caring, even though he's got a tough weight cut ahead of him. I think <coughs> I think it's all mind games, personally. It's just part of the facade. I mean, don't get me wrong, those three extra pounds he has to cut are going to drain him quite a bit. But I don't think it's going to be something that pushes him over the edge completely. I think Senior is just being 
uh, overly cautious as a father would and just being Eubank senior, essentially. But the fact that uh, Chris Eubank junior is going around eating and doing all of these things, I think he's very confident in knowing that he's going to make weight because um, aside from his skills as a boxer, uh, I don't question his ambition and I don't feel like he's the type of fighter that's going to throw um, this potential fight away just to eat KFC for social media and so forth. I, I, I think he, him and his camp are on track and um, they'll be ready come fight night. Jide, what do you think? This yeah, yeah it's, it's man games, man. It's gonna make weight, it's gonna be there, it's gonna win. Yeah, I know everyone's saying, Oh, Connor Ben, bro, Ebank Jr. fights best on the back foot, he's a bigger man, and keep Connor Ben away from him, he can throw explosive combinations. Connor Ben's gonna be chasing him all day, missing shots. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a nice big payday for you, Ebank Jr. and he's gonna retire. That's what's gonna happen in this fight. So yeah, it's all man games, it's nine. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I you said you didn't question, um, Adam, you said you didn't question uh, Eubanks' um, ambition. I kind of do, because the thing I question is, he, he, yeah, you're taking this fight because um, it's a money fight. And, you know, it, it's the biggest money fight you can get. And I think the next fight that they'll probably set up for him is, um, you see Liam Smith, how he moved to boxer. They're probably going to maneuver a fight between the two of them. I think Eubanks lost his title aspirations. So that ambition, I think he's lost. I don't think he, he knows he can't win a title unless he's gifted a position where he fights for a vacant belt against someone he knows he can beat. Um, like if he fought, if he fought Triple G now, even at 14, and maintained the stance throughout, regardless of what happens on Saturday, he loses to Triple G at any stage of Triple G's career. That, that's I, I totally agree. I totally agree. When I say his uh, ambitions, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think his ambitions for a title are long gone because I think reality has struck him where he knows he is not at that level. When I say ambition, I mean more in regards to um, settling his retirement fund and gaining as much money as possible, you know, you know what I mean? And I don't think he's going to uh, mess up such a big uh, national fight over a yeah. bucket of see. So, yeah, that, that's what I mean, essentially. If Eubank doesn't win this, he needs to go join Chavez Jr. in rehab or fight KSI and then, man. <laughs> Either influencer boxing or be a man of his word and retire. If he yeah. loses this, I, I can't see any way back from him whatsoever. It's all set for him. I can't, I, I, I can't see a way Connor wins this. It, it's Well, that's the thing. The, the, in theory, there is no way yeah. Connor should win this. Should win. It, it's a fight where... It, it, it's a win-win for Connor because if he wins, yeah, his stock is just gonna go yeah. right up. And if he loses, people are still gonna give him credit for yeah. trying to fight someone two, three weight classes above him. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a win-win for him, and it should be the easiest payday possible for Chris Eubank Jr. But if he loses this, then that's it. <laughs> the, the the no more money for you. Re retire. That's it. that's your last payday. And Maybe. also, the thing that I found weird about this is also, it might, it might be the mind games of Chris Eubank Jr. It's obviously Connor's set with his team, Tony Sims. He's going to sparring, fighting guys like Kipilis Cash and whatnot. There's not much from Chris Eubank's end. He's not got Roy Jones Jr. I found the whole Roy Jones Jr. as his trainer stint very weird. Mm. Um, 
and the fact that he's not taking his main trainer into a fight, regardless of whether you think you're going to beat him or not, you still take your main trainer in because you still learn more and you're going to, you're still going to, you know, get to um, have more sessions with him. The fact that he hasn't got um, Chris, um, Roy Jones Jr. in this corner, very weird. The fact that he said his father's going to be in his corner is very weird, considering his father hasn't been in his corners for a long time now. Um, and that he's got a trainer. I, I don't know his trainer's name. I remember there was a YouTube video of his trainer um, talking. So he has got a head trainer now. But it's, it's weird because he, he went into this like he normally does in his career. He's gone into it without a head trainer. Um, and and I, think, I think he's underachieved in his career, considering the potential that um he's had and it could be that again here um when we saw the um liam williams fight you know he he won but he didn't look great at the end because he just decided to um sort of i don't know play with his food and then he couldn't finish the job and it just all looked weird and i question again here are we going to get a proper performance from eubank or is it just going to be just enough to win just do enough. And does that raise his stock or does that lower his stock? And for me, I think that lowers your stock because I'm not giving a guy like Conor Ben much in this fight. I think Conor can win it if Eubank sleeps on him. and He doesn't take it properly serious. But if Eubank comes, like he says, I, I agree with him. If he fights at 60%, 70%, he probably beats Ben. It's enough. Yeah, plain and simple. Um, I think what you said is true in that I, I don't think he's going to wow anyone. He's just going to do enough to win. Um, but I feel like everyone's become accustomed to Eubank's performances anyway. Like, I can't remember the last time Eubank has really wowed people and got them off their seats. He's just that type of fighter where he doesn't have any knockout power. Fundamentally, he isn't the greatest. Um, he's athletic in the sense that he's very fast and he can throw a lot of combinations, but he just does enough to get the job done. And I feel like even since uh, appointing Roy Jones Jr. as his uh, coach, there hasn't really been much improvement um, in him whatsoever. So I feel like he's just reached his level and that's the level he's at. We're, we're not going to see more than that. Yeah, and it's just... It's, it's disappointing because obviously we wanted to see the um, Triple G fight at one point with him and he went up to super middleweight and we thought he was going to have a stint there. Then he came back down. He's a very weird fighter. And I don't think he's he's paper. I personally don't think he's pay-per-view in that sense anymore. Um, obviously, no. the main carrier for me in this is both of them of, and their father's name and their legacy, sort of that. Like if you put Eubank Jr. in with anyone else, um, you wouldn't expect him to sell out that. Did you think he's lost his pay-per-view status and like his his stock a bit has gone down in the recent years with Eubank? Yeah, um, I don't think he's lost his pay-per-view. He will still sell. Eubank versus another name will still sell. Obviously, you can't carry a pay-per-view by himself anymore because everyone's we know what Eubank's about now. The thing about boxing is this: you need to keep selling, you need to keep giving us something. He hasn't got the personality where people just want to support him. They they want to see him get beat. And he has his father's name. So he's not been ambitious. He's not trying to fight the likes of Andre for a title. He's not chasing for a title. So I feel like at this point, he's just like, no, fuck, I'm just going to make a couple M's and bounce. He's made a couple M's. So he's just, he doesn't care about a legacy anymore. It's about making money. And he's about to, to fight Conor Ben, which will make big, big, big money. And then he's going to bounce. Or if he sticks around, he might have a normal fight and then he's bouncing. Like, so... He, he can still sell, 
but you have to put him in the right fights. Before, he could just fight almost anyone and sell, but that's just not the case anymore. If he wins this fight, who, what do you think is the next best fight for him? I think he should fight Andre. Andre's been calling him out, but he's not going to fight Andre. He's probably going to end up calling out the winner of Triple G and Canelo and not get that fight. He's not going to get that fight. I, I feel like what you said in Andre would be a good fight because Andre up. He's not going to fight Andre. He's not going to fight Andre. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he will, but I think <laughs> that's a fight that makes sense. Of course. It makes, it makes a lot of sense. It's a fight that we would love to see, but it's just not going to happen. I think the powers at Sky and everything are manoeuvring for uh, Eubank Jr. and Liam Smith fight next, and that's why they signed Liam Smith over to Boxer. I don't even care. Like uh, to me, I'm sorry, Liam Smith is. I know, but I think that's what's going to be next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But it, yeah, yeah. That's happening. Yeah, but that's another question. Like, when are Sky actually going to put on a good card? <laughs> really and truly their their cars have been so substandard for the past they're, they're signing all the match from leftovers yeah it, it's scraps honestly and it's like okay you could get a good couple of domestic bouts but is that really gonna put food on everyone's plate i don't know how long boxer could go on for really and truly i think it depends because boxer because yeah. they've done well in their first foot of year to get the names that they have and to be able to sell. The issue is, I think the expectation is they need to be competing with guys like Matchroom and uh, and that. And I don't, I think that's not going to be possible in the first or five years because you still need to build up that roster, your connections, and be able to get that connect between um, grassroots and um, the pro game, and also having that connection around worldwide so you can get all these international fighters to also fight on your cards. But the card, so they've been stretched thin because they've been doing so many shows that we ha you can complain about some of their shows because it's been thin cards. And, you know, like we've seen with the Fraser Clark, where we haven't seen him fight a proper opponent for, for, for a long time. I mean, in his first yeah. pro debut, they got that guy from the crowd to fight him. So, like, it, it is that where, and even Fraser Clark recently was complaining about it on their last boxer card. Yeah, he, he complained straight up. Uh, and it's like, my question. Do you think Ben Shalom even has the juice to bring in <laughs> a good roaster? I don't think he does. Yeah, I don't think it's him needing the juice, bro. I think it's more Sky. Like, Sky don't want him to be out there. Sky's new strategy is to be anti what Eddie Earn was because, because of Eddie Earn's personality, they feel they couldn't get certain fights. So mm. they don't want Ben Shalom to be out there like that. They, just, they want to use the Sky juice. Like our platform, we're the biggest platform in the UK. If you want to, if we can get these big fighters and you lot overseas want to fight our fighters, let's link up. That's what he wants to do. He wants to bread, um, um, Bob Barron wants to bread our aim. And but what he doesn't realize is it doesn't matter if they like if you bread them or not, you're a competitor, they're gonna do everything in their power. Yeah, to destroy yeah. you. He's gonna learn that, but. Right now, he's trying to do, oh, let me approach them in a friendly way. But bro, he's just being pally-pally with everyone, really, yeah. He's, he's tried to be pally-pally with everyone, but he's, he's already caused issues. What Dude, Frank, Frank Warren and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie Hearn's already bit like, bro, you're trying to poach guys. But, you know what I mean? So he's already causing issues, although he's trying to be pally-pally. Fam, you try that shit when you go to America, it's going to be worse for you, bro. It's going to be even worse. Guys, so, they will tag team you, so. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's also 
dependent on their future stars like Ben Whitaker, Adam Zim, how do they go forward? Because they can, ca if they can make them into stadium sellers, that can carry your promotion for a lot because a lot of revenue will come from them. So they've got a lot of stock on them. So do Sky. And we'll see. And their careers will also determine how the promotion pans out. The one promotion I'm happy that is kind of in the mud is Chiller. I called it time ago. I said these men are gonna yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel like with, with Triller, it wasn't even boxing people coming into the business. It was just people doing whatever. It, kind of what we're seeing yeah. now with Chelsea and the new American owner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of glad it's in the mud, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how Boxer does, man. They've put on decent shows, but. Yeah, they're not. It's not the. I haven't seen a pay per view where they're show very that. lucky they put on the Amir Khan uh Kell Brook fight because I, I feel like once they got from that and, and the income they got from that, they've got a bit of leeway to experiment with right now at this current time. So, which fight the the Kell Brook Amir Khan fight? I which feel fight? like <laughs> <laughs> the Kell Brook Amir Khan fight. That doesn't exist. I don't know what you're on about. Oh, boy. Yeah, the one that made your your guy retire, really. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Yeah, that was probably the yeah. only pay-per-view <laughs> worthy event. Other that than that, I haven't seen much. Yeah. It even yeah. got everyone to meet up out of the, the group. So that just showed you how big that fight was. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the only fight we've met up, we met up for. And then, obviously, AJ Usyk was when everyone else went to that fight. So, yeah. Yeah, AJ Usyk, everyone, everyone was there, no? Yeah, so... Yeah, basically. Mm. So, yeah. And so hopefully Eubank Jr., Ben, there's nothing that's um, jeopardising it, so we, we get it, hopefully we get it on October 8th, and coming towards that date, we'll have a pod out detailing everything about it, uh, going into who we think would win, how did they win, what they do going forward, and uh, so tune in for that. And is there anything else you guys want to cover, or is that it? Is that good enough for tonight? Um, are we going to do the discussion about the heavyweights in the next that's, coming weeks? So tune in. That's hopefully on Monday because I've sorted it out. Everyone said they're good on Monday. So we've got a heavyweight debate pod coming out about Usyk, Fury, Wilder, AJ, all of that. Um, I'm, 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 an, I'm the host. <laughs> I'm the neutral. But it's going to be hectic. So tune in for that on Monday. Um, I'll put out a tweet. So just look out at Ringside Fracas on Twitter. Follow us there. Also, uh, click subscribe. Uh, like, give us five stars on Apple uh, Podcasts and Spotify. And we'll see you in the next podcast. Peace. See you guys later. Yeah, I'm coming for you. Is it frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this I, in I seven or eight seconds? For this fight. I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend. And I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight. I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynch is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Lipton. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their floor. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Sports Social Podcast Network.